0: Welcome to the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Waters. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Luke DeCock, sports columnist for the Raleigh News & Observer. We talked about Florida State's threat to leave the ACC, the strength of the ACC's grant of rights contract, and what the ACC could look like by the year 2030. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. And today, we're gonna take the conversation a little bit beyond Syracuse Basketball. We're going to be talking conference realignment with Luke DeCock, uh, esteemed and award winning uh, sports columnist with the Raleigh News and Observer. Uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, located right there in the heart of Tobacco Road, uh, in the shadow of the ACC's offices. Well, maybe not in the shadow anymore. um, Now that they've moved to Charlotte. But first of all, Luke, hi, how are you? It's good to see you again. It's good to see you, Mike. Yeah, not in the shadow. We were never in the shadow,
1: but uh, I was actually out at the window, the former Greater Greensboro Open on Tuesday, and there's a giant dumpster and a moving truck parked in front of the ACC's almost former offices in Greensboro, which are where we park to go to the uh, golf course. So yeah, you know, sick transit Gloria and life goes on. But uh, yeah, uh, good to be here with you and happy to talk about all the stupid things Florida State is doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to Florida State real quick. Interesting about that moving truck, though. I wonder if different schools are asking about a group rate for those. Oh, yeah. I had to put all of John Swafford stuff somewhere. So, <laughs> Okay, let's get to the heart of the matter. And the real reason I reached out to you was because on Thursday, we, fu- we get the news here that Florida State is having a big meeting of their board, and their president comes out And they're talking about needing a radical change, in in quotes, not air quotes, a radical change to the ACC's revenue distribution, or else, again, quotes, they're seriously going to have to look at leaving the ACC. What was your reaction to those statements?
1: I think they're insane or really stupid, one or the other. Sometimes it's hard to tell. Uh, you know, I, 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 there's so many parts of this, Mike. I, it, there's so much to unpack here. Okay. There, I, I'm I really, yeah, I've given this a lot of thought. I've been making notes. I'm still not sure where to start. Let's start with number one. Florida State spends more money on athletics than any public school in the ACC. For that, in the last decade, it has 23 ACC titles, 12 of 11 or 12 of which were in indoor and outdoor men's and women's track. None in football. The one they won in men's basketball was literally handed to them without playing a game. So I, I would argue Florida State does not need more money. It needs to get good at athletics, which it is not and hasn't been in a decade. But these Florida State people have this delusion, a lot like the Miami people, that because they were relevant a decade ago and people cared in the 80s and, you know that Bobby Bowden's going to come back to life and everyone's going to care about Florida State again. And the reality is this is a very rich athletic apartment that does a really poor job of hiring coaches, a really poor job of managing its programs, and does not get good value for its money. Their solution to all this is to get more money. So that's a little ludicrous to me. Uh, and and number, so so number one, they want more money from the ACC. So they push through this new revenue distribution plan that rewards performance. Do you know who that benefits? Not Florida, Florida State, State. <laughs> which has won 23 ACC titles in the last decade, half of them in track. It benefits Duke and Wake Forest. The same schools that Florida State complains about are dragging their football team down, never mind they've played in more ACC championship games than Florida State has. So there's that. Okay. okay. Oh, all right, Mike. So then there, the other big threat from the Board of Governors or Board of Trustees meeting was, well, we can, we're going to, you know, we'll leave the ACC. That grant of rights, and we can talk about the grant of rights if you want. That grant of rights can't hold us back. We've got a way around it. Well, first of all, no, you don't. And second of all, all these other schools, UCA, USC and UCLA and Oklahoma and Texas, you know when we found out they were leaving? After they left. So Florida State, very much, in the, to borrow from Texas, all had no cattle. Um, if they were to leave the ACC, which honestly, I've talked with a couple ACC ADs whose joke is, okay. They want to pay us $500 million? Let them go, because they're going to be playing independent football on the CW at best, um, on flow sports at worst. There's nowhere to go, right? The reason conferences expand, the reason the ACC added Syracuse, the reason the SEC added Oklahoma and Texas and Missouri before that, the reason the Big Ten added USC and UCLA and Maryland and Rutgers, and uh, the other one before that, I can't even remember. The reason that conferences do these things is because they create more inventory and more value for their television partners who then give them more money. Fox in the case of the big 10 ESPN in the case of the ACC for the ACC, it was also to get a network to have a big enough footprint back when people cared about cable households that you could have a network and you know, uh, uh, for the SEC, it's ESPN as well, right? Disney's getting ready potentially to spin off or sell half of ESPN Fox's not interested in the Pac-12, there's no television money out there right now. It is a very bad market to go, very bad market to try to sell television rights. Um, the cord cutting, uh, saturation, the fact that that Fox spent so much on the Big Ten, and ESPN has spent so much on the SEC. Like, Notre Dame is about to have a really rude awakening when they go to market with NBC soon. The rumor I'm hearing is that they're going to have a couple games on NBC, and most of them are going to be on either USA or Peacock. Um, which is, uh, to me, is like that may be the thing that actually drives Notre Dame into the arms of the ACC. Um, maybe when they're the lead into the Real Housewives of South Bend on Lifetime, that'll do it. Um, anyway, the point is here, and I've rambled on long enough because there's so much to cover. Florida State is, is 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 snorting nitrous oxide because there's nowhere for them to go. There's no money if they do, and nobody wants them anyway. So this whole thing has just been so stupid. I thought after Amelia Island. Where Florida State basically got its hands slapped and told to be quiet, um, among a couple other schools uh, that basically they called their bluff that that we were going to have sort of a peaceful period of time, but obviously the Florida State trustees did not get the message. So that's the that's my long, very long take on Florida State leaving the ACC. I honestly, Mike, I tweeted this. I think Florida State's going to take all of their girlfriends from Canada that you haven't met and form their own conference on a great television station that you just don't know about. And, and they're gonna be fine. But the reality is there's nowhere to go. It's a terrible market. There's no appetite for expansion. Um, now, the, the one variable there is sort of the collapse of the Pac-12, but that doesn't really matter when we're talking about Florida State.
0: I posted a few comments. I didn't think they're on Twitter. I didn't think they were that controversial. I was just basically asking a question. Does Florida State actually bring enough value with them to convince the SEC schools to take them in and then further divide their pie. And of course Florida state fans flood my Twitter feed <laughs> and tell me that Florida state has like the the highest viewership in all the ACC and they have viewership this compared to the rest of the country and how how much how great Florida state is. Now, no one actually said, "Okay, you know, here's dollar figures, Mike, here's an actual answer to your question. They didn't answer my question. They just got mad and picked out one statistic that seemed to say Florida State has eyeballs. But sure. I don't know if the SEC is going to believe that. I mean, is is the SEC really interested in Florida State? Let's take this in the
1: kindest possible light for Florida State and their lovely Twitter fans. Let's say Florida State is the most most watched college football team in the world, it makes Notre Dame look like uh, Lemoyne. All right. Ouch. Even even if that were the case, no no, no disrespect to Lemoyne. Yeah, they're D one now. To, I'm trying. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna. Do they even have football? No. Okay, I feel better. Okay, all right. So good good comparison. Even if that were the case, the re the the reason that those eyeballs are valuable is for television ratings. The reason television ratings are are valuable is to get more money from your television partners. There is no money. There is no money in the banana stand right now. ESPN laid off Jordan Cornette, the single most important person to emerge from the launch of the ACC network, could literally do every sport and talk about them knowledgeably. A former ACC athlete, arguably the brightest spot of the four years of the ACC network, and they laid him off, right? ESPN is not interested in giving the SEC a bunch of more money because Florida State is jumping to the SEC from a conference that's already funded by ESPN. It makes no sense. If you understand how any of this works, it's just dumb. The eyeballs don't matter. What matters is the money. You do this for money, unless Florida State's going to do their own deal with Apple, there's no money out there.
0: You know, you bring up the ESPN factor there, and I was wondering, would ESPN officials actually tell Florida State, listen, we don't want you to go to the SEC. We want you to stay in the ACC because... We have, we're vested. We have vested interest in both of these conferences. And if you left the ACC, you weaken it, and you don't add that much to the SEC's overall package. We, you know, would ESPN officials actually tell Florida State stay where you are? I mean, it's a great point. They should. And not only that, the the, the ESPN you
1: know pays the SEC rights an the hour. They they're finding ways like the ACC to put more value in the ACC network because they share the revenues. That's a, that's a rising tide lifts all boats situation. Florida State jumping to the SEC, it probably hurts ESPN more than it helps. Mike, I think the reason that conversation hasn't happened is I just don't think there are people in place right now at ESPN uh, who are thinking sort of in that very, very big picture way. They're really trying, to use a phrase that you and I use, to get the paper out tomorrow. The state of things at ESPN right now is not where they're doing like really long-term strategic thinking they're really just trying to bail out the boat and keep things afloat so yes I think in a different world where ESPN is more secure they might you know quietly reach out to Florida State and say if you're planning on going to the SEC we're not planning on giving the SEC any more money for you because we'd be robbing ourselves
0: okay so let's assume Florida State officials are aware of all of what we just talked about the reason then they they come out and have this meeting and, and the president, uh, Richard McCullough um, comes out and makes these statements is basically they want this revenue distribution plan in the ACC to change. They, they want more money from the ACC than they're currently getting. And of course that's gonna come at the expense of Boston College, Syracuse, Wake, you know, whoever it's gonna come at the expense of, right? is it but if they have nowhere to go is this just just a bunch of saber rattling that's going to fall on deaf ears around the league see i think what it, the
1: ears it's falling on are their own fans think about it if you're florida state your football team hasn't won anything in a generation your sports your sports programs overall despite spending more money than anyone else are terrible you're looking for a scapegoat and the acc because it's third in revenue is a convenient scapegoat i would argue as i said earlier mike that performance plan they want so badly hurts them more than it helps You know who wins ACC titles? Wake, Syracuse, sometimes Boston College, schools that are not Florida State. The schools barking the loudest about this, Florida State, Miami, and whoever, they stand to benefit the least. If you look at who would be rewarded, depending on how this formula works out, it's Duke. It's NC State. It's all these schools that Florida State claims are holding them back. So, no, I I, I think the AD knows better. But to, to quote one of our favorite movies, I'm sure there's a lot of saving their phony baloney jobs going on right now. It looks really good for the politicians at Florida State, the president, the AD, the trustees to make a big stink about this because they know they're just like a toddler throwing stuff out of the out of the high chair. Nothing's going to change. But this all looks really good for their fans, as you saw on Twitter. They got everybody all worked up. Oh, we're getting we're getting a shaft here. The ACC, uh, it's holding us back. Like, look, man, the ACC is not what's holding Florida State back. The money is not
0: what's holding Florida State back. What's holding Florida State back is Florida
1: State. To
0: your point, Maryland has won about as many Big Ten championships since going there as they did in the ACC, even though they're making a whole lot more money now, right? Yeah, and that's,
1: you know, I there's two ways to look at this. because we talk Hi, about- Maryland, by the way. Hello, Maryland. <laughs> we miss you, uh, sort of. Uh, You know, there's there's two ways to look at the so-called revenue gap. Number one is when you look at the ACC vis-a-vis the Big Ten and the SEC, especially Pac-12, Big 12, um, it may have less money than some of those conferences on an annual basis distributed to schools. It has not been held back competitively. I mean, Clemson has regularly made the, the CFP. Obviously, in basketball, only the Big 12 is even in the conversation. The Big Ten's got more money than God and it hasn't won anything in a major sport in decades. Like literally in basketball, I think it was Michigan State in 2000, and then in football, Ohio State. Maybe i mean, like I'm drawing a blank here, but like like it's 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 not like the the Big Ten has been winning the CFP every year either. The SEC right. there's a little more case for that. I think I think you know the SEC has been a little, but the Big Ten's got all this money. It's got the best of the networks. It's done nothing with it. The Big Ten's like the Florida State of conferences. So you know the the revenue gap. There, so I, someone said this at football kickoff. You weren't there because it's football. But we, we need to be less focused on the revenue gap and more focused on the competitive gap, which there isn't. Now, here's where that changes, Mike, and you'll, you'll get this. If the numbers get really big, $50 million a year, and we get to a point where either the courts or if the NCAA smart collectively bargained, the athletes get a piece of this when you have more money you're going to be able to pay the athletes more and that's where it becomes a that's where potentially becomes a real competitive disadvantage nobody can say that cuz they can't admit to the fact that they're thinking about that but when people talk about the revenue gap what they're really thinking is hey it's not hurting us that much now but if we have to start if we can't keep it all that could start to hurt us down the road and i think there's some logic to that like i I don't think that's a boogeyman. I think the revenue gap right now is fine. It hasn't hurt the ACC. Relatively speaking, it's not that big. But I do understand how, if you're an AD or a president, when you look at these projections out several years and you have it in the back of your mind that, hey, we might not get to keep all of this at some point, I can see how you would be concerned. That said, I don't think threatening to leave and go, you know, take your toys and leave is the way to go about it. But, I, you know, obviously, look. I'm not, if you wanted someone to defend Florida State, I'm not your guy. I think this is insane. I think it's bad for the league. I think they're hurting everybody by creating this uncertainty that, like, people like my dad don't understand how dumb this is. Like, remember the the, the stuff, the spring meetings, this group of teams, the magnificent stuff, the single dumbest story of the college offseason news cycle. And we've managed to eclipse it with the magnificent one running around being stupid. Uh, it's just distracting everybody from big problems. And like, this is where Jim Phillips legal problems really hurt. You know, I don't know that he's distracted by that, but it can't help. And you really need a commissioner at this point who's, who's wholly focused on holding, holding the conference together. So I, I don't think it's distracting him. I mean, I think he's probably in a pretty good place of, uh, uh you know, sort of at peace with, with handling some of these allegations at Northwestern, but you don't want to be a university president sitting there going, look, Florida state's full of it. And they're making a lot of noise, and they've got all bark and no bite. But I want to be sure that my commissioner and my other presidents are fully on board with this. So it's just the timing is terrible, too, um, uh, for Florida State to kind of throw this tantrum. But in the end, I, you know, I, as I said, as I've had this conversation with ADs, they want to go? Hey, buy your way on the grander rights. Leave. Good luck to you. We'll be fine. And the answer is, the reality is the ACC would be just fine without Florida State. Yeah, if it stopped at as-
0: Florida State, I think they would be fine just one team. You still have Clemson, Miami, North Carolina, Virginia. Uh, Before I move on to the next question, I do want to bring up anybody that's listening to us that maybe isn't as quite as well-versed in this as we are because we have to be. When we keep talking about this gap between the distribution with teams in the SEC and Big Ten and teams in the ACC, I'm going to quote USA Today here. This is based on the fiscal year of 2022. Teams in the Big Ten in 2022... I'll receive $58 million in their distribution from the conference. If the SEC it was actually less than that, it was 50 million per team. The ACC was around 38 to 40 million per team. Now, listen, I'm not gonna poo poo $10 million or whatever it is, That that is a significant gap. And the, I think the concern is that the gap's gonna grow, right? the SEC's got a new contract that's going to kick in in another year. It's 3 billion dollars over 10 years. Um you're worried about that and 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 you put it in perspective earlier. Um is that something that eventually some teams in the ACC, hello Clemson, as we get closer to the end of the ACC's grant of rights contract that those teams could seriously look at leaving? Yeah,
1: no, as we look the, the conversation changes as we get every year, we get closer to the grant of rights and the numbers involved get smaller in terms of getting out, that conversation gets different. That equation changes. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, everything I've said so far is going to be true in two years or five years or 10 years. Um, I would say that right now, looking at the scope of, of college sports and the power of five, the question isn't how big is the revenue gap? The question is, do you have enough? Mm-hmm. And the answer to, to me is as of 2023, the ACC has enough to compete at the highest level. The question is, yeah, because, it, look, Mike, there's a certain point, and I think we're there, where you can only put so much water in the sponge. Like, we're so saturated. Look at the stupid things that schools are spending money on. Lazy rivers, barbershops, flight simulators. Like, the money has to go somewhere. So, at a certain point, when you get another $20, 30000000 million, the marginal return on that, from a competitive standpoint, Is really small, maybe even negligible. As I said, where that changes is if the players start to get some of it, then you know where the money's going. It's not going to lazy rivers. It's not going to coaches' offices. It's going to be like an NFL team where things are nice, but it doesn't look like a college locker room because the money goes to the players. The money goes on the field. If college sports gets to that, then, yes, that equation changes. But I think as of right now, I I don't feel like there's a competitive gap. Like, does the ACC have enough to compete with the Big Ten – sec big 12 packed up 100 absolutely and the evidence supports that
0: of course the acc right now we're, we're talking about the acc thanks to florida State's um recent comments but the other big thing out there that's shaking up everybody is the the pac-12 is on the verge of disintegrating it looks like um you know you've already got colorado leaving uh the, the big tens already uh, taken away UCLA and USC. There's talk of Oregon and Washington now. Arizona's regents are meeting. And I, by the time we get this podcast posted, um, Arizona and Arizona State might be members of the Big 12. We don't know. What are the ripple effects if the Pac-12 loses more teams here to either the Big 10 or Big 12? Yeah, it kind of depends where
1: they go. And it could be the ACC. You know, we haven't talked a lot about this about the ACC pulling a Big Ten, but there's a couple schools in the Pac-12 that fit the ACC's sort of personality. If the ACC were going to make a stab at expansion, and I don't think they will, but if they were, I mean, the, the, the Oregon-Washington-Cal-Stanford quad makes a lot of sense for the ACC. They're big public schools. Um, you know, Oregon, maybe not quite academically with the other three, but certainly with the Nike money. I mean, that makes a lot of sense if you want to go that direction. I don't think the ACC will, because I think the ACC looked at what the Big Ten did with USC and, and, and UCLA and, and said, you know, maybe that's not for us. Like there's a line somewhere we have to draw. The problem, Mike, is, you know, in the old days when, you know, university presidents were like Bill Friday and they were all smart and good hearted and understood college athletics. The Bill, like I've, I've said this a million times, Bill Friday is the former president of the University of North Carolina and the North Carolina system. Mike knows who he is, obviously. He was the one who, in the initial days of the Knight Commission, came up with the idea that basically said, look, we just need to put athletics in the hands of college presidents, not ADs and not boosters. That's what we need to do. He basically cemented that as the way it is and has been. You know, college presidents run the NCAA. That's the worst idea he ever had. If all college presidents were like Bill Friday, it would have been fine. But how do college presidents become college presidents now? Development. They're all salespeople. So they look at athletics as not how can we be good stewards of college athletics, not what's best for the athletes. It's how can we squeeze every last dirty nickel out of this? Um, I think, though, there are some lines, I think, for the ACC, that kind of geography is one. But it makes a lot of sense. So to me, those those four schools are the fulcrum of what happens next. They make the most sense for the Big Ten. Um, I think the corner schools, Arizona and Arizona State, make make the most sense for the Big 12, uh, especially with Colorado now. Um, To me, the play for the ACC before Colorado left, and this came up at the end of Football Media Days last week, was to buy the Pac-12's rights, to put the Pac-12 on the ACC network and be a rights holder like Jim Phillips and Jimmy Pitaro sitting down to work out the Pac-12 football schedule. But that would have done two things. It would have stabilized the college athletics landscape and it would have created inventory and value for the ACC network. Maybe you rebrand it, maybe you don't. But look, the ACC is a 50-50 partner with ESPN in that network. Going out and acquiring the Pac-12 in conjunction with ESPN, uh, Pac-12's rights in conjunction with ESPN, was the galaxy brain play here. And maybe long-term, what that becomes is the ACC and Pac-12 go to market together, and they're two divisions of the same thing, kind of like when the AFL and the NFL merged. Sure. And that way you create sort of this bi-coastal marketing group that exists separately competitively, but together economically. That, to me, was the play. And then you have a 15-team ACC, and you end up with a 15-team Pac-12 with San Diego State, and you add a couple other schools. You know, I have some ideas. It doesn't matter who they are. But you end up with a bi-coastal sort of college conference. Uh, that That's what I would have done. Because the Pac-12, like, at this point, the Pac-12 is about to sell their rights to the Weather Channel, where they're basically going to pay to be on there. There's no interest. Like they took this Apple TV deal of presidents, and the presidents were like, "You got to be kidding me! Like we can't live on that." So the Pac-12 is in deep trouble, and and that's it, like, that's what makes this Florida State stuff so crazy. Is like you have an entire conference with Stanford and Cal and Arizona and Arizona State and Washington and Oregon, like big names, maybe on the East Coast, big cities. And they can't they literally cannot sell their rights to anyone like nobody is buying. And Florida State somehow thinks they're going to go out there and be this sort of wild card that's going to make somebody billions of dollars. So, um, yeah, I I don't know where what's going to happen with the Pac-12. I think letting Colorado leave is a huge mistake. I think not adding San Diego State back in March was a huge mistake. You know, in the glory of the final four, you had a chance to really strike there while the iron was hot. Um, I think that's what happens when you hire a glorified cl- casino host as your commissioner, because that's basically that all we've seen from him since he got hired. Um, although I do know some people who know him from that world and speak extremely highly of him. I think his performance has actually, you know, well, first of all, you can't be any worse than Larry Scott. But I don't think his performance has been much better. Um, and certainly, you know, you look at the, the, the joke that was the Alliance losing your two biggest schools to the Big Ten, losing Colorado to the Big 12. Um, it certainly feels like a, a, a leadership vacuum there. I, I, As I said, if I were Jim Phillips, if I were Jimmy Pataro, I would have gone to the Pac-12 and said, look, we'll bail you out and we'll invest in your conference. And we'll, you know, the PAC, the ACC basically would have made money off the Pac-12, but really both sides would
0: have benefited. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, that would have been genius of a plan. All right, uh, Luke, it's, it's been great talking to you. I got to ask you one more question. I'm going to get you out of here with this one. The ACC's Grants of Right contract runs out in 2036. So in 2030, at about the halfway point between now and then, so six, seven years from now, what's the ACC look like?
1: You know, I don't know because so much can change between now and then. I'll say this. If there's still the same sentiment among schools like Florida State and Clemson and very quietly UNC and Virginia that both spend a ton of money on athletics, if there's still that sentiment that they can do better by about that point in time and maybe a couple of years out from that, that ACC is in very big trouble. So they, there's this window here of, of five, six, seven years for the people who want to keep this league together to, 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 to act and figure out what they have to do to keep those schools happy. I don't think it's impossible. Um, I mean, Florida State may be impossible, but again, they've got to have somewhere to go. Um, but I do think that's sort of the window where now the numbers start to get workable. It's not as simple. People people don't realize this with the grant of rights sometimes. I, I'm 99% sure you do, but people listening probably don't. It's not as simple as saying, oh, it's a buyout. Literally, if Florida State were to buy its way out of the ACC now and jump to the SEC, it wouldn't get any of the money from the SEC until 2036. That money would all go to the ACC. So Florida State could pay $150 million exit fee. Their rights still belong to the ACC through 2036. That's what grant of rights means. Now, the Florida State may argue that, you know, that's an illegal contract or there's no consideration, um, but nobody's beaten it yet. And Oklahoma and Texas didn't beat it. They ended
0: up buying their way out of the end of it. They had to sit for two extra years. So um, that that's even mar- in 2030. That, that's hard to go, not, not only having to pay your way out, but then also to go without. Yeah, I mean, I think if
1: if there were people were smart about it, that they would create a sort of escrow fund for schools that, you know, they would pay them zero rights through 2036 and then, you know, give them a balloon payment in 2037 and it would be securitized so a school could borrow against like there's ways financially, there's ways there's tricky little ways around it. But that's the gist of it. That's why it's so it's so ironclad or has been to this point. Um, but I, so I, it may be 2032, 2033 before you really get to that precipice of, of, of that. But, you know, Mike, a lot could change in that time. Um, an AC school other than Clemson could win a national title in football, um, Miami or Florida state could be good again. Um, you know, they could actually be relevant for a change. Um, Notre Dame could join the ACC, which would change the landscape dramatically. Um, I don't think that's likely necessarily, but I do sort of see a number of scenarios where that does start to make sense for Notre Dame. Um, And that's the kind of thing where you can go back to market, whether that's adding NBC to the deal um, or, or getting more money from ESPN because Notre Dame does have that value in a way that quite frankly, you know, Florida state, you know, thinks it does, but maybe doesn't. Um, The flip side is all this is fine. We don't know what ESPN is going to look like in a year. Um, and that's really the, the, the real variable in this is is as ESPN's per subscriber cable revenues continue to drop, you know, what happens to sports tele- live sports rights fees in general? Um, and are there new players? Is it Amazon? Is it Netflix? So none of this stuff can kind of happen in this vacuum. That sports media rights market is just a bigger part of this. Um, if there's no money out there, then there's nowhere for anyone to go. And that really is the case where we are right now. That may not be true in a year. That may not be true in two years. Um, if if in it search for a strategic partner, which is the phrase Robert Iger used um, for ESPN, that ESPN and NBC Universal get into bed together, right? Technically Disney and Comcast, um, that brings Notre Dame and the ACC one step closer um, if if their rights are now sort of held in a strategic partnership. So there's a lot going on there. Um, so the answer to your question is I don't know. Nobody can know, um, but I do think the window for where this starts to get really tenuous is actually a couple years out from 2030. The numbers are still really big in 2030.
0: Well, it's all interesting stuff. And I tell you what, it's, it's hard to kind of parse it all out, but I appreciate you coming on here and helping us with that, Luke. And unless things really change dramatically, quickly, I will see you at ACC basketball meeting day. <laughs> you
1: mean if Syracuse doesn't jump to the back 12 before
0: then? <laughs> or who knows what, right? Um, I'll be there. You'll be there. Jim Bay will not. <laughs> That's right. I'll be there. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen one way or the other. Uh, listen, Luke, thanks again for joining us on the podcast. I want to thank Luke for joining me on the podcast today. And thanks to you out there as well for listening in. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast and follow all of our complete coverage of Syracuse basketball on syracuse.com. Until next time on the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast, I'm Mike Waters.